0: Um, probably enough random chitter-chatter while we just jump into the whole thing. Let me just roll the intro thing and we'll get right into it. So, hey everyone, happy Friday. Hope you had a great week. Hope you're still having a great week. The weekend is still part of the week. You just don't work as much, usually. I do, but that's different. (laughs) I am um, joined by the one and only that I know of. Eric Olson. How's it going, man? Well. Yeah. So it's been a crazy week. Um the crypto world is taking some interesting turns for sure. And of course that's what we're here. We're all here to gossip about. Um but first, obviously, um I'd like to let everyone know to so like, comment, share, subscribe. I'm gonna say that in the middle of the thing. Do all the, the YouTuber things that people say. Um, if you go to cointr.ee slash the desert links then you can go leave a little live crypto super chat and leave leave some coins and then it pops out and then I'm going to go pop it out like last week someone was doing a little free Ross thingy there and so I'm just leaving from last week so you want to want to ask us a specific question get us outside of our usual uh, ranting then that's what we're going to do and um, I like talking about Doge and Sheep and nonsense which it's funny because I do hear a Doge in the background jingling around.
1: She's here somewhere.
0: Yeah, always there. Always watching. Always waiting. Much wow, in fact. Um, but, anyway. Um, first off, this is a weird feeling bull market, if you ask me. Just generally. Like, in terms of like in terms of mainstream adoption this is the biggest bull run i guess you could say we've ever had by far like as far as the more people know about crypto use crypto touch it whatever it is it seems to be huge but maybe i'm just not in the middle of things but it just i don't feel the same like other than the exceptions which we'll mention a little bit i don't really feel like it's the same like oh my gosh like everything's blowing up feeling as before. I don't know if you feel the same way.
1: It sure doesn't feel like that yet. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've been feeling like it's eventually going to develop into that kind of a bubble like before, but yeah, there's a lot of things going on and it's kind of hard to say what's Mm going to happen. It's, it's the same again, but it's also different because now it, now it's bigger and, there's interactions with the other markets that actually matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, whereas before crypto was so small that it really didn't matter what went on in the other markets that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: It's, it's funny because uh, last time was, I guess the bull run, the alt, the alt season to end all alt seasons as they go, where the average person didn't know much about the space or about non Bitcoin cryptocurrencies. But they did kind of take the spotlight of like, oh my gosh, Iota is going to the moon. Oh, ETH is up here. Oh, all this like other stuff. Dash had its epic, insane sixteen hundred dollar coin pump thing there. Everything. Adio Monero had its day in the sun. Everyone was everything was going off. Um, this time, it seems like first off, it's kind of funny because Bitcoin is a much smaller percentage of the market than almost you know anything else, and. Uh, than almost any other big bull run like that. ETH has been really eating its lunch a lot lately, not in a pumpy way, but just in like a, a gradual, more, you know, kind of a way. But most of the news stories that seem to have been capturing the public consciousness, and maybe this is because the Bitcoin Maxis have gotten really like uh, dialed in their uh, their content deployment mechanisms on Twitter and such. It seems like most of the big things you hear center around bitcoin like of course we heard you know china thing which you know obviously affects all proof of work coins which is a shrinking portion of the entire pack and but then it's also you know you know bitcoin miners moving here of course el salvador was like in 100 percent bitcoin related that weird bitcoin twitter fake out thing that i did a parody on because it was a little hilarious uh was also bitcoin everyone's like talking about bitcoin these days and oh bitcoin's gonna be legal legal tender here just not that much of buzz around other projects as much yet they seem to still be gaining lots of ground in terms of market and actual usage i don't know if you have you noticed the same sort of a thing
1: yeah it's weird what people pay attention to i mean i i get that the el salvador thing makes a headline that makes sense um i think a lot of people focus on bitcoin just because of the name um Mm -hmm. i I really wonder if some of the people that are really pushing bitcoin and don't really mention anything else if they're really bitcoin maxis or if they just don't want to send confusing messages to to everyone they're talking to yeah Uh, because some of these people i mean some of them are just straight up you know all in btc is all there is but some of them i think have a deeper understanding than that but they don't really go into any detail when they talk they either talk generically about crypto or they talk about bitcoin as though it is crypto and don't really elaborate um so i i think that's that's kind of interesting but i feel yeah. I
0: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange. It has a lot to do with. First off, I think um, a lot of Bitcoin maximalists in the past cycles were just more love Bitcoin. Didn't understand all this. Like they're kind of like crypto boomers, sort of. Like they didn't understand what all this other new stuff was about. Who cares? Uh, but then now, I think they realize that it's a it's a diverse ecosystem, and they decide to be maximalists not out of ignorance of other coins, but in full knowledge of them, becoming a little bit more like militant and stuff, I guess. And this is also coincided uh, with Lightning Network actually being used by some people and having stuff that's built on there. And so now, because let me me in this course, we'll roll right into this first news story here. Be perfectly honest, like Bitcoiners, when I, the, the maximalist types at least went from, you know, 2016, 17, like, ah, oh, it's not that bad. It's, you know, scaling problems aren't that bad. Or like, oh, well, you know, we can, we can, we'll never be able to scale like this. It's, will be crippling, de- crippling our decentralization, all that kind of stuff. Whatever we talked about, raising the lock size limit, for example, on chain scaling. And then eventually it just was like, Bitcoin's not meant to be used for coffee. It's just like, use you know, use PayPal, use your credit card if you want to do that or, you know, that kind of stuff and it became, this is not cash, this is not digital money you should be sending around to buy your everyday stuff was like years long narrative when basically Bitcoin had like nothing new happening as far as the technical stuff, of course you know, a lot of hardening stuff, a lot of bug fixes there's like Taproot and stuff like that and like a lot of, you know, people were developing on Lightning and stuff, although, you know we didn't see any of that and now that there's, like, a user-facing kind of product that lets people, everyone kind of use it, you know, although terms and conditions apply, of course, now all of a sudden, the the same people's narrative has flipped 180. Oh, see, look, it's so easy to use, it's so cheap, fraction of a cent. The stuff that they said, it, do- it doesn't matter that it's not, now they're saying that it is because it, it feels a little, like, disingenuous, kind of, like... um like the Bitcoin maximalists were just sort of waiting for Lightning to be around, so they could just, you know, all of a sudden flip the script. Uh, did you get that sentiment at all?
1: Yeah, a, a little bit. I don't really pay attention to most of them, um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't really follow a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it kind of changes. I think a lot of it is, you know, whatever our side is doing, whatever the thing I invested in is is doing, is the good thing because I'm invested in it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that, the
0: um, bag holder syndrome.
1: Yeah. What's, you know, and if they can make lightning work good, then, then good. But, um, I mean, it's concerning to me how it actually works, how, uh, how many people end up in these weird custodial or, you know, uh, potentially government controlled systems, I think really defeats the entire point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know how worried I should be about it. I, I imagine that regardless of which cryptos become, you know, dominant as currencies that a large number of people will probably use custodial services anyway, yeah. uh, unfortunately. And hopefully the success of any crypto, whether it be, you know, lightning or something else does open the door to, to use ones that actually allow people to hold their own keys and, and have all their transactions on chain and, and, uh, benefit from the whole, from the security of the network. Um, so I, I, don't know, I have mixed feelings about it.
0: Yeah. Well, that sort of rolls into the, so the first story is, um, Arcane research predicts 700 million lightning network users by 2030, also known as like a couple years from now. So Arcane Research says that Lightning network usage has been on a steep upward trajectory since late last year. But in September, the growth went parabolic off the back of uh, El Salvador's Bitcoin adoption. And I'd really like to look into this stuff a little closer. Uh, As anyone knows, so uh, Lightning, like that many Lightning users by 2030, the only way that's happening is through a custodial solution. And this is why, because in order to get on Lightning, you need to do a on-chain transaction. And so if you have Bitcoin that's off-chain, you need to send it, you know, it goes on-chain and then it's off-chain. And there's a whole bunch of extra complexities past that, but that's the bare minimum. And so if you had either 700 million people with off-chain, with on-chain Bitcoin, right, trying to move it off-chain, That would take, you know, a a couple hundred thousand transactions a day, every single day until then. And that doesn't include people just trying to move from exchanges or not. Or that doesn't include people who already are on Lightning, like rebalancing a channel. Like every time they run out of liquidity on one thing and they got to rebalance it, they got to do an on-chain transaction to fix that. So it's absolutely never going to happen like that. And that includes people who they only ever touch lightning like if i'm i have no bitcoin at all let's just say and you want to send me some you want me to open up a wallet or whatever a node whatever it is you have to then make an on-chain transaction to bridge it to me so then you send me lightning you know, like like lightning bitcoin but you still have to do basically every person has to represent at least one on-chain transaction and that's absolutely not feasible at all so what are they going to do well, I don't know how much you've been following strike or um, the Chivo wallet and stuff in uh, El Salvador, but there's been a lot of like, basically it's a, it, they're very tight lipped about like how much Bitcoin they have, how much, like what, how exactly their custodial solution works. But essentially I think most of these things will just have, let's just say one channel. <laughs> And then when they onboard new users to that, they'll just onboard them to their own centralized system that's not on Bitcoin and it's not on Lightning either. And it just, if someone wants to do a withdrawal to a, another service, then if they need to, they'll open a channel. But a lot of times if it's connected enough, they won't even need to open a channel. So this is, but it's 700 million users on Lightning is like saying 700 million Bitcoin users because they opened a Coinbase account and bought some of the big trove of Bitcoin. It, it, that, that's the only way that the math works out at this point, unless there's some extra weird like advances in Lightning, which I know they're working on all the time, but that's kind of how it's going to work.
1: Yeah, I don't see how they pull that off. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, mean, I Obviously, with a custodial solution, you can have an arbitrary number of people because you know, you're not actually using the crypto. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that's how it's going to play out. I think that's, it's obviously the cheapest way, even if it is, does is, does become somehow viable for them to include those blocks in Bitcoin, or if they modify Bitcoin to be able to handle that somehow. Um, and I, I think that's the only reason it's being supported by, you know, a government like El Salvador or by companies like PayPal uh they don't want to give up control of the money they're not going that's why their their uh crypto payment uh really mm-hmm. isn't a crypto payment it's a bitcoin denominated balance that you can only spend from a pile of coins that they hold uh it's not really crypto it's it's an iou um yeah so i i feel like these companies and countries are trying to look like they're forward-looking and look like they're embracing crypto without really fundamentally changing anything or giving up any control.
0: Yeah. That's the thing that's, it's kind of strange is there seems to be like a, I, there seems to be a lot of dishonesty going on because like whenever you grow the lightning network and start using it more, it involves a, A kind of deceptive amount of on-chain transactions to really do right you have to so i'd have to open up a channel to someone else and if i wanted to receive anything they'd have to open up a channel to me or else send some through me and stuff and that's just one so that's like two transactions right there and then every time i run out of capacity or i can't send to someone else i'd have to do something else so it's a lot of people just seem to think you just scale on lightning but no it's just that when you scale on lightning like for real, right? Not with this this fake nonsense we're talking about, but when you scale on lightning for real, it just means you need fewer on-chain transactions to do all the stuff you're doing, but it's it's maybe like, let's just say you are a frequent payer or whatever like that. You might have 10% the amount of on-chain transactions you otherwise might, but that's still a lot, right? That's still a lot over time, more people getting on board. It's just not gonna work now. I've noticed this happen a lot that they're doing a lot of, um, there's a lot of dishonest messaging in this kind of thing. Like for example, uh, when Jack Mullers did the tweet, the the Twitter announcement of like integrating with strike. So now that everyone has peer to peer things, why would anyone use Western union again? All this kind of stuff. And you can, if you integrate Twitter, if you integrate your into Twitter, you can tip someone on Twitter with a non-custodial Lightning wallet, on the user end, that's peer-to-peer, you know, decentralized, non states, whatever you want to call it. It's all is good stuff, I guess. On the other side, though, first off, Twitter will only allow certain people to enable their tips. So, for example, uh, they were they are only doing iPhone users. And Naomi Brockwell, who's been, you know, using, um, uh, he has an has an iPhone, has been using it for years, and using Twitter for years, could not get an, enabled to receive tips. So it's like Twitter was. You know in the way so it's like well that's not that good and then they only would allow someone to link their centralized custodial bank like strike account on there so you know that's kind of annoying but the bigger thing is like the el salvador thing because first off the Chivo wallet is you know basically a bank it's a centralized fiat kind of a thing that enables bitcoin and can sometimes send out via on-chain or Lightning, but a lot of times there have been lost payments. And if you follow, if you follow Mark Falzone on Twitter, uh, he's been to Venice, he's been to El Salvador, he's used this a lot, he's had a lot of failed payments where it just he pays the merchant and it just disappears. Like, what happened to it? And they have to like deal with support. And that's not how Bitcoin works, on-chain, because you can see it, right? There's a transaction ID, you can see it. It's not how Lightning works either because it, you route, like it either routes or it fails. It fails to route the payment. It's just like, oh, can't find a route, doesn't send. But this whole it sends and then the money disappears. It's like that's a centralized service. And I've even seen they have lines out the door to these ATMs and they're like, oh, everyone's using Bitcoin. That's because they took tax money, bought Bitcoin, airdrop $30 worth each to everyone if they download the wallet and they send it to at least one other person now they can get it out. So people just bounced back and forth on the centralized, you know, Chivo ledger and then just went to get their USD out of the ATM. And that's people dumping Bitcoin for USD. That's what those big lines are, but they're like, "Oh, look at this." And then they celebrated Chivo wallet downloads as like in the millions or whatever as uh, one of the like the two of the most prominent bitcoin twitter accounts with over a half million followers each celebrated that as bitcoin is this is you know who said bitcoin can't scale and they're using like a government-run bank to like say that's how bitcoin's scaling it and they got roasted so bad they deleted the tweet but there's a lot of this dishonesty of like lightning scale and then and whenever you say it's like a government service, then people say, no, lightning is peer to peer whatever. It's like, yeah, but is that lightning? Is it non-custodial? And then they get quiet. it's like, there's a lot of like dishonesty in this whole thing.
1: Yeah. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's about user experience, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of, of how, you know, I don't, I don't particularly like how lightning works and, and especially mm-hmm. that the, uh, custodial implementations, um, mm-hmm. uh, but what really matters is what the customer feels. Um, is it something that they can reasonably use? Because most people don't care if they control their own money or even understand how any of that works. Uh, what they do care about though is, can they pick up this wallet? Can they use it to buy things? Are there ever issues? Are there ever delays? Does the money ever get stuck? Does access ever get lost? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it kind of sounds like it's going to be a mess.
0: Um, either,
1: either by simply, uh, a failure of how it's implemented or by, you know, malicious actors, like at what point does, you know, the government that implemented this custodial wallet system decide to start freezing assets, taking people's money. Um, and then at that point, what's the advantage to the consumer to use that over, you know, PayPal or something else? I mean, there might be an advantage to some, maybe, uh, maybe El Salvador is not likely to freeze an account that PayPal is likely to freeze or something like that. But uh, I think you've lost all of the value of crypto. Um, You've lost the convenience, you've lost the the reliability uh, and you've lost the security of your assets. So what is it other than uh, applying a few of the concepts from crypto to fiat at calling it crypto and i mean it's 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 not a substantial change mm. uh, and i don't i don't think long-term things like this are going to be able to compete um, unless they're they're able to uh to make it a really good user experience somehow you know mm. uh, i i look at lightning and it it's not interesting to me because i'm used to you know going out and you know spending some dash or using the, the dash direct app, and i can go out to regular stores and and spend that without any problem or even uh you know even some of the online checkouts that are a little bit more of a pain to use like BitPay, where you have to you know select the wallet and give them some information and whatever that's still mm-hmm. relatively easy to use uh there isn't really anywhere that i can use lightning that 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 is that easy and uh, the main argument I hear for Lightning is this network effect. Well, where is it? You know, where can I easily and quickly use Lightning without it being a pain in the butt? Um yeah, that's, I don't see yeah. do that.
0: <laughs> I think that's that last bit is key, is like without being a pain in the butt. I mean, I made a few I've made plenty of lightning transactions. I made a few purchases, like a bit refill purchase and I bought some like online gift card thingy so I could like activate Trello Gold or something. And the only reason for that is because the amount I was paying was too small for them to enable Dash on their site for some reason. They were like, oh, a non-Bitcoin has to be at least $50. So I was like, I just want a $25 one, so I had to use Lightning. And it worked pretty well in both those cases of payments, but there's a lot of times when it doesn't. And uh, one of those actually I tried to use from my node, and it didn't work. And so I sent from my full lighting node to my light node on like a mobile wallet, and then that worked from there and stuff. And so I think that the consistent uh, it's always going to work thing is the more complex the Lightning Network builds out to become, the harder that's going to be to attain is, you know, a simple, like a simple smooth kind of a thing. What does work really well is if there are let's just say a dozen large providers like and let's just say half of them are custodial half of them are non-custodial but still popular wallets that handle all the finances stuff in the background and then they each are each one is connected to all of them with like well-funded singular channels and if you just route through all that everything kind of goes simple it's kind of like does your your, like between banks it's kind of the same thing like the banking provider it just when you try to go like i'm running my own node then it's just like all right now it's just like you know now is when it gets sketchy and so i think the way there's a lot of um there's a lot of evidence i guess or argumentation i guess that all crypto will trend in this sort of a direction regardless of how well it's designed and I, I kind of agree, I guess like BitPay is what almost everything that takes crypto these days. It's either BitPay or Coinbase commerce is like most of it or coin payments. Right. And BitPay, as you mentioned, which I haven't used BitPay in a while, um, does sometimes ask for extra information. Like they go all KYC on you, which I think is absolute not garbage nonsense, but you know, whatever, yeah, maybe so. they, they have to, I guess, or maybe they don't have to, but they, however that works out. Um, so I think the world's going to end up being like 80% or like half the merchants at least even in the perfect world or you know ideal world I should say going to have something like bitpay that is like mm, you know it's all right but still on the consumer side everyone should be able to run their own to everyone should be able to use their own non-custodial wallet easily and also like if the merchant like if you're trying to pay like the coffee shop owner and they're like, oh shit, like it's not recognizing my thing. I can't scan the whatever. The owner should be able to just pull out his own like peer to peer and then they just log it, take care of it elsewhere. And that's where like a, a lightning type situation gets a little bit more challenging. Cause uh, if you get outside of that, those mainline processors and things like that, and, the, and oh, it's not working, you just want to pay the owner directly like cash. Then it becomes like, okay, well, do you have funded channels between them? Is there a route? Is there this? And it just it's probably not going to work out.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, payment processors are going to be integrating crypto. Yeah, I think that's a given. And even if even a couple percent of, uh, you know, let's say 1% of consumers have crypto and prefer to spend it. I think that's enough for virtually every store to, to install a crypto accepting plugin, be it, you know, BitPay or Mm -hmm. coin payments or whatever. Uh, cause that's free business. That's, Mm -hmm. that's extra customers that you're not going to get otherwise. And you're going to save the credit card fees, avoid the fraud, whatever it's, it's a huge benefit. Once you get to that, that threshold where it's a non-trivial number where somebody is actually going to buy something from you because of it. Um, I see no reason why any of these payment processors are going to limit themselves to, you know, one or even two or three coins. They're probably going to support a whole bunch of them or any number Mm -hmm. of them that have a non-trivial amount of activity. But then what you get is, well, which ones are people actually going to use and which ones are going to stay supported in the long term? And I think that's going to be whichever ones have the lowest instance of customer issues. If you're supporting a network that sometimes drops, that sometimes delays real long, that for whatever reason your transaction gets hung up, uh, or that just takes an excessive amount of time at checkout, even if it's one in a hundred times, or one in a thousand times, if you're doing millions of transactions, that's a headache. So I I think coins that cause any kind of friction are gonna get dropped. And what we'll be left with is uh, the coins that are the simplest, most straightforward, quick, cheap, and easy to use and that don't require any customer support from the the payment processor. Um, that's what I think will happen. I think that's what makes sense to happen. Um, I think the only other possible option for mass adoption is that uh, somehow our custodial services just become so ubiquitous before that that uh, and enough people are just okay with doing that that there isn't a, there isn't enough left over that want to pay direct to, to get people to support it. But I don't I really don't think it takes very many people. I, like I said, I think one or two percent is enough because uh, yeah. you know that's a lot of money on the table, and it's very low expense to add a payment, crypto payment processor. Uh, and a few if a few percent more of your sales. Than that start being included, then it probably makes sense to just accept the coin directly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, let's let's say a big company like Walmart has, you know, uh, a tenth of a percent of their sales in crypto. Wow. Um,
0: Don't they already have that in Litecoin? Uh, yeah, Didn't I read, read that those... somewhere? Huh? Don't they already have that in Litecoin? Didn't I read that somewhere? Oh
1: yes, right, totally. <laughs>
0: <You can spend laughs> Total <LightCoin>. dig. <laughs> um,
1: you know but but at some point you know the uh, the cost of them either just directly accepting just directly accepting that coin and, and dropping the uh, you know uh, if they have say their only option is an annoying payment processor or custodial payment processors, why wouldn't they take it directly and save that much money maybe pass on the discount to customers or just avoid any kind of uh, uh, fraud things because the problem with the custodial service is you don't get rid of fraud. Uh, a crypto transaction if i walk into a store and pay somebody dogecoin and they see a couple of confirmations it, chances are that's that's going to be yeah. a, a good payment they're not going to have to worry about that well what if i have a btc denominated paypal account and i give you a payment and then i dispute the payment with paypal or say somebody hacked my account and whatever mm-hmm. uh, that could still go backwards because it's not a crypto transaction it's not on the blockchain it's uh It's something that uh, you're really you're not gaining the cost advantage because you're still paying a third party a lot of money to do it and you're not gaining the uh, the safety of fraud protection from it. So for merchants, that's not great. Um, It's definitely in the best interest of merchants to want native crypto or a payment processor that is really streamlined and allows people to pay from non non custodial wallets.
0: Yeah, that's definitely what I would I would say. And you pointed out something interesting about like the f- lowest incidence of incidents, right? And well, fun thing I think is funny is when you look at like the crypto universe is so diversified now. Like if you look at the top ten to twenty coins, there's going to be like Bitcoin number one, Ethereum number two, and then the rest is just chaos. So there's going to be a million stable coins. There's going to be you know, XRP is in there somewhere. There's going to be just a weird, like liquidity token, this liquidity to it, like just in the top 20, it's chaos. But then if you get to, let's just say so-and-so company adds crypto options and there's just going to be like five, pretty much like Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dogecoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin cash. Usually Um, it used to be, you know, there used to be like a different, but it's still like a, a small, like a half dozen coins that if you look at the market cap rankings. Two of them make sense, and well, Doge might make sense these days because you know the world's a crazy place. But uh, two of them make sense, and then the rest are just like scattered around the market cap rankings. Like, what the hell's that? And it's kind of you know because no one's going to be trying to buy something with Shiba Token, right? No one's going to be using Tether to buy their coffee. Like, just it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. And so. It's kind of funny to see, you know, the way that works because it's like which are the ones people are most likely actually have and trying to spend. But then also about, like, friction. Like, of course, they have to have Bitcoin and Ethereum. But BitPay, as far as I know, has no plans on uh, introducing the Lightning Network. So it's just on-chain Bitcoin, which is going to be expensive and slow and just not going to work out. And then you have Ethereum, which is way more expensive than Bitcoin. Bitcoin's not that bad these days. It's like 50 cent median transaction fee, like 50, 60 cents. It's a lot, but it's not insane. Ethereum is like $20, 30 And it is, over. as you mentioned, like over time, unless everyone is trying to pay in Bitcoin and Ethereum, they're going to end up dropping those options.
1: Yeah. Well, I, Bitcoin is mostly unusable for point of sale. Uh, occasionally it might be cheap and fast, but you don't know when or where. And even if you look online and you calculate what fee you should include and you include the fee that's supposed to get you into the next block, uh, you can still end up waiting many hours because the math can't actually predict how many people are gonna try to get into that block or what they're gonna pay. Uh, it's kind of insane. So I I don't see, unless they radically change Bitcoin, I don't see how it can possibly be a viable currency for retail. Ethereum, I, I don't know uh, if they can possibly scale well enough to make it mm-hmm. reasonable to buy cups of coffee with Ethereum. I I don't think that's likely uh, and probably not anytime soon if they do. So, I mean, really, I see Bitcoin Cash, Dash, Dogecoin are the only ones that yeah. I ever buy anything with. They're cheap. They're fast. Wow. Um,
0: Dogecoin you know, can be cheap, I guess. Do you still pay those insane fees? Like the one doge uh, fee? Didn't
1: they changed it from, it used to be a one doge, but I think they turned it. Uh,
0: yeah, that must have been. It, was recent- 10 or a
1: hundred X change. I don't remember.
0: It must have been really recently because as of like two, three months ago, the hour, the median doge transaction fee was still really high. But so yeah, it's something similar to that. And so no one really uses Litecoin, but I mean, it can, Take a certain amount of transaction volume, so it seems like Litecoin, based on transaction volume, is like the more consistent other. Um, Bitcoin Cash, you know, it's another good default. The funny thing in all this, we're talking about centralization and things, is or like centralized payment processors and you know their downfalls. Uh, the big thing that's been it's been driving me nuts, but all these processors, all these like big integrations that you know no one's gonna no one's really gonna buy their movie tickets at amc with crypto at least not initially not for a while no one's really gonna use on like was it the i forget the other payment processor that no one's really gonna do that a lot but it still bums me out when i see that they include, exclude dash off this and that's purely because bitpay doesn't support it and Coinbase Commerce does not support it either, and the reason for both of those, although, you know, there's a lot of speculation here, is that they want a uniform payment experience everywhere, and there's one of the 50 U.S. states, jurisdictions, that does not support, that does not, I guess, have Dash Legal, which is New York, and the reason for that is because somewhere they thought, oh, it's a privacy coin, no, we don't like it, and they won't take a second look at that and coinbase is a bit licensed you know outfit and they support dash but they won't on commerce because they just want they want to be smooth across the board every state supports every coin kind of thing and so new york would have to change its mind and they'd either have to radically change the way they regulate stuff which i doubt it or they'd have to have enough bit licensed customers cause a commotion say you got to take a second look at dash it's not that bad and then get that fixed and so that would have something to do with let's just say maybe getting on gemini and then getting gemini like the winklevoss twins to get to talk to new york regulators and say add dash but why the hell would they do that so because of this one weird little unique situation now you know arguably the most usable like cryptocurrency for payments is being left off completely and yeah it's it's very strange
1: yeah it's pretty insane um I think Coinbase doesn't seem to be taking their payment processing business all that seriously. It, I don't see a sure. lot of effort or focus from them. I think they've figured out that they can make a lot more money by having people trade uh, worthless tokens like Sheeb that don't even <laughs> pretend to be useful for anything. Uh, yeah. I, I guess being a casino is more profitable than uh, than promoting actual crypto usage. So I just, they've kind of, uh, I, don't, I kind of feel like it might be a mistake in the long term, though, because they're allowing BitPay to be uh, the, the largest provider uh, when they're in a position to to really uh, take that spot. And uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. I guess we'll see. Um, it is a little bit surprising that BitPay hasn't paid attention, but...
0: It hasn't bit uh, paid attention.
1: Yeah, I, I think the, the solution is just to keep on growing Dash, Dash usage through you know, uh, other other systems, get other payment processors on, mm-hmm. You know, keep using Dash Direct. And if you have more users spending it than anybody else, eventually they're gonna have to support it or they're gonna be left by, behind by somebody who does. Yeah. Um, and the, honestly, the BitPay experience is not great anyway. I can see another payment processor coming along and doing it better, providing a better experience to the customer. I mean, I'd still rather check out with BitPay uh, and pay, you know, with Dogecoin or Bitcoin cash, than punching in a credit card number, it's, it's still a slightly less obnoxious process. Uh, yeah. but not by that much. It's not, it's not the hold up your phone and go bloop that, uh, you know, I'm used to with dash, um, on, you know, on a site that takes it directly or on like a, a site that uses CoinPayments.net or something like that. Um,
0: and I mm-hmm. that's
1: one that's in a really good position, too, if they got a good U.S. banking partner and could allow people to, you know, support hundreds, basically all of the coins by by dropping that in for, a, you know, half a percent fee, I think that gives BitPay a real run for their money. Um,
0: yeah, that's one of those most interesting and exciting things about this space now is to have a free market mind to things, because obviously prices or you know the valuation of things are set by demand you know divided by the uh, supply and so for example if the if everyone wants something and you're the only one providing it you get it right you you win <laughs> and if well like so bitpay is winning big because they're the ones that are just like the easy to integrate I guess payment processor that takes the main coins and is like licensed all over the place and like okay whatever they kind of win but then, what happens if the experience of using all this kind of sucks too much? Then it's like, oh, if you use this other coin, it works better. Someone else can step in the market and completely eat BitPay's bit lunch, for example. And then it just you know goes back and forth and stuff. And like that's the thing about when you get all this like the casino coins, um, like Sheeb with its 400% breakout, you know, recently. Uh, you get the casino coins, and of course, everyone loves that stuff. But then what happens when like Elon stops tweeting is there really something that uh, that sustains the dog coins? Is dog money gonna go away? you know and then if it does, you know what does the market go after next and it's like that constant cat and mouse thing uh, like who can provide things better And it's just that the, the setup costs for anything in this space are rid- well, I would say ridiculously low compared to the legacy systems. Like, you know how easy it is to just fork, like, a BitPay thing? Like, AnyPay. I'm sure you've used AnyPay, right? Yeah. And so, AnyPay was created a few years ago by Derek and Steven, who run the thing, just because they wanted to, uh, they wanted to pay for stuff in crypto around them, and bitpay was not an option for whatever reason. I don't remember what it was. Maybe it didn't wasn't supported in New Hampshire for whatever reason, or maybe it was because it didn't take dash and they wanted to spend dash at the time and now they want to spend BSV. So same thing. They just built basically a clone to the bitpay experience without or the old school bitpay experience without like the fiat conversion aspect and just got a bunch of businesses to take it so they could spend crypto in their daily life and it's like it's that easy. It's not like You learn a banking thing, infrastructure, get into this. You just like code up an app real quick and then you're kind of there. And then just you scale up your your own infrastructure or whatever, APIs and all that stuff. But it's so easy to just move in. And if you're like, you know what? I don't like Dogecoin because blah, blah, blah. I'm going to fork it and create like super Doge. That's just like faster and more instant and has like chain locks. So it doesn't get 51% attacked or whatever else you want to do. Or has like staking rewards for you know people to make money off of it and like you can just do that in an afternoon or whatever not maybe not that quickly but then if people just jump on that then all of a sudden you go to the moon and like i don't know who the hell made shib but it's doing gangbusters right now and i don't think a whole lot of thought and engineering went into creating this token you know it's like no. wow they just jump in and it's 400 percent breakout and make all the money in the world. I mean, the free market's kind of undefeated in that way. Well, yeah. <laughs> There's not much you can I, say about that other yeah, than, I don't, know.
1: I don't know how relevant it is to, to usage. I mean, I, mm-hmm. there's always going to be the, these trends that pop up and, um, you know, die back down. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of incentive for payment processors to support, you know, uh, whatever random, uh, Um, you know, casino token, (laughs) whatever you want to call them are, you know, uh, especially with the price volatility too. If they're, if they're popping up and down ridiculously fast, it's going to be that much more costly for them to, uh, to manage the payments coming through. And uh, you know, I maybe some you know, Dogecoin's kind of established itself as a pretty big coin and, has a good amount of volume and somehow has held fairly high up in in price so you know it i think it makes sense to support that i think there's enough people around using it uh but i don't i don't see really a lot of value in, in adding every random thing that people gamble on or have mm. uh, you know there, there's a point of diminishing returns including coins i'm kind of surprised Coin payments net does like what 200 coins or something yeah. i think there's Maybe some limits on some of them as to how much you can actually spend in one go, but
0: um Yeah. I mean it's it's a uh it's definitely a diverse ecosystem as far as you know stuff going on. But ultimately, like the one coin, no. The half dozen coins long term. I think that you know BitPay is like half dozen is going to grow to a dozen. I don't don't think necessarily BitPay specifically, but whatever competitors start, like the payment coin field is going to probably swell to a dozen. And then it's just just me. I have no data behind this. I'm just talking. Uh, It's like probably gonna swell to a dozen over the next few years. And in 10 years, it'll probably be back down to a, a different half dozen. So, because like, if you think about it, like, you know, how many payment options do uh most legacy payment providers accept they accept cards which there are different cards but like no one doesn't accept cards These, like no one like everyone takes visa mastercard amex discover does anyone still have a discover card like
1: yeah a lot of them take all four and you know plus maybe apple pay or you know yeah. something else um
0: yeah apple pay google true. pay you sometimes know? samsung pay Sometimes there's other ones, diners, clubs, like, but like for the most part, it's like six, it's like down to like a half dozen options and like no one, none of these are, sometimes you swell again, but then I think it'll go back down. So, you know, you're going to have like a dozen while they're figuring out what works and then, Uh, you know, going back down to, I don't see any reason
1: why there couldn't be, you know, half a dozen major coins that survive to, to maturity where, you know. We live in a world where essentially every merchant takes almost all of them, mm-hmm. most almost all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, given the the relatively trivial cost of, of adding more coins, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's just a question of how many of those coins can retain a large enough user base for merchants to want them all. And, uh, and have not, you know, not too many problems with transactions that deter processors or merchants from dealing with them yeah uh, there's probably room for quite a few i don't know if there will be quite a few i don't see a lot of contenders right now i, I see dash taking it seriously mm-hmm. i see uh, dogecoin becoming usable uh basically just purely out of the amusement of it mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh you know bitcoin cash is, is uh, attempting to be a payment coin as well but there yeah. beyond there really isn't much of anything um, the rest of the space is completely ignoring this, this original use case in favor of, uh, uh, tradable monkey pictures. I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. The, way,
0: <laughs> the weird way and the world's I wanna, going. I you mean, know,
1: and I don't know what the next trend is going to be, but I'd be kind of surprised if it cycled back to payment coins. So, you know, I, yeah. I don't know how many real contenders there are.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think as soon as we start seeing the average person start to try to spend at, like, AMC theaters or something like that, then we're going to see the next cycle is going to be, like, the the, be- the best payment option. I think that, like, you know, people have kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, dicked around with the username stuff, but they all suck. They're all terrible, except for the BSV ones, and they're not, like, no one really uses BSV for the most part. Again, sorry if you're watching, you really... Like, like, but like, there's not a lot of people clamoring to spend this stuff. And also there's, you know, semi-centralized username solutions, but in, you know, dash has been working on the, the ultimate, you know, username solution for freaking ever. And so far there's been like no competition on that level. But I think that by the end of the year and by the beginning next year, we're gonna see the competition heat up significantly because people are gonna start using this. Wait, how do I copy and paste this thing? What is this? Did I forget an X? Did I forget a one? And it just people are gonna, you know, oh well, just use your .eth address or whatever, and that's gonna be a nightmare. And then they're gonna be like, we need to really take this username thing seriously. And then you know, either people are gonna like jump onto something like Dash, jump on something like uh, BSC's Paymail slash Handcash setup. Or they're going to start really grinding to get something else that works really solidly in in the interim. And we noticed that, by the way, that on Strikes, on the uh, Lightning integration on Twitter, they're using, like, your Strike username. So you send to your Strike username. And, of course, who deals with these usernames? The centralized company, Strike. And so it's like you can send from your Strike username to your Coinbase username or something. There's going to be stuff like that going on, you know? So... At least that's my, <laughs> my prediction of the way things are going to go. Last thing really quick before I wrap up, just because we talked about it, Tether. Uh, there was this Bloomberg report that just said that it's been using its reserves for investments and making crypto-backed loans and stuff. And Tether's all like firing back saying, oh, it's not true, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the, the reporter said if these loans fail, even a small percentage of them, one Tether could become worth less than one dollar. I mean, that's true. I don't know. Have you paid attention to the tether drama at all over the years?
1: A little bit. Um, I mean, it's it's not something I've ever used, but I have watched it a bit. It's interesting. I'm mm-hmm. s- just still so surprised that the government has allowed what is essentially counterfeit dollars to exist for so <laughs> long. Um, I I mean, they can just make an arbitrary number of them out of thin air, say it's a dollar, and... Okay.
0: Get in no, on probably. the racket.
1: Um, I, I don't trust it. Uh, I think there's a huge risk to anybody holding Tether that at some point you just won't be able to redeem them either because the company runs out on you or you know the government stops it somehow is probably more likely. Mm. Um, I don't really think, uh, unless the people running Tether have been just um, insanely bad at managing their money, there's probably no way they can be insolvent. Um, They've essentially been printing money out of thin air, trading it for crypto. And in the time since they've started doing that, crypto has gone up by a ridiculous amount. Um, For them to have squandered all that would be pretty impressive. Uh, And most of the tether out there is probably never going to cycle back to them. I'm not exactly sure who can actually redeem their tether for dollars. I don't think regular users really have an avenue to do that. So a large number of the tether they issued is probably never going to come back to them. It'll be, you know, in lost wallets or on exchanges or used. you know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's, it's like, uh, kind of like uh, companies that sell, you know, a whole ton of gift cards. A lot of those are never going to be redeemed. You get certificates that walk out the door. A lot of them don't come back in ever. Um, So they're, you know, realistically, they're never going to need a hundred percent of their backing. It's not to mm-hmm. say they shouldn't have it, um, or that we should trust them, uh, that they will have enough or anything. I certainly wouldn't, but, uh, I don't, I don't think it's a likely scenario that they've just blown all the money.
0: Yeah. Or they, mean-
1: they have some somewhat risky loans on top of it. They just, they should be so far ahead. It shouldn't matter.
0: Yeah, as I've said before, the only reason stablecoins existed in the first place is so people could, I guess, illegally trade U.S. dollars without KYC on exchanges. That's the only way is because the government didn't consider that to be counterfeit money or considered it to be regulated as fiat, so people wouldn't have to do KYC to trade. And then now that that's, you know, there's KYC coming, these kinds of exchanges now, If you look at, for example, ThorChain right now, I think the number one asset on there is um, Binance USD. It's like the stable coin on Binance chain or whatever. Because again, people want to trade for, you know, US dollars without regulation. It's just really simple, I guess. And I think that, I mean, Teller's days are kind of numbered, I guess, because it's like a big institution that there's like banks or stuff you can look into there's controversy there's all this kind of nonsense and the stablecoin market is booming their day their days are numbered Stablecoins' days in their their current form are numbered until uh, crypto becomes less volatile right there yeah. so right now people want to be able to trade on these decentralized exchanges with something fiat pegged but then as fiat starts to go down And let's just say something let's just say bitcoin becomes pretty stable bitcoin then becomes you know look at me i am the stable coin now and then there once people view bitcoin as stable let's just assume it's bitcoin again i'm not entirely convinced it will be but whatever then there's no use for a stable coin anymore because they don't want something goes down with the dollar and they can just trade in and out of bitcoin and then that will be the stable asset and then Stable coins are basically going to go away until, unless for some reason, all cryptos still stay volatile. And then they're going to need some very um, fancy (laughs) algorithm to like figure out a basket of goods or purchasing power or something that's like not pegged to a fiat valuation and have that be like a true stable coin. But honestly, I think that a regular scarce crypto is going to be stable before that can happen
1: probably i I think that's the way it goes the problem with any kind of pegged value coin is that you have to trust someone both uh that they won't you know walk away or not honor Mm -hmm. the peg but also that they're actually capable of maintaining the peg indefinitely Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: that you just can't be sure you can't be sure of that and anything you peg to uh is probably going to have some instability in it. Yeah, I mean, the dollar is clearly not a stable currency. It's stable compared to Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, But I I think as cryptos grow, the gap between the most stable cryptos and uh, the most stable fiat, I I think that gap closes a lot. And at some point, it's no longer worth it uh, to mess with the fiat, especially if if it allows you to break away from a centralized exchange that charges a higher fee. ThorChain is amazing. The yeah. uh, the way that I you can agree. just uh, drop in one coin, drop out another. Um, I, I do think that it for it to be widely used, for so, for some crypto to be widely used as the stable standard that all others are traded against, mm-hmm. it's got to be cheap and fast though. Um, yeah, because a Thor chain transaction or prob- and probably any other decentralized exchange that uh, that matches your your trades. Is going to be limited by the cost and speed of both of the coins you're trading. If one of those coins is super expensive or super slow, your entire trade is super expensive or super slow. Um,
0: that's that's the elephant in the room. Is how is cross chain dexes like third chain? How are they going to impact? You know how the actual <laughs> crypto landscape and that's definitely one. I'm going to start probably hit on that one next week or something. We should wrap it up right now. Uh, any parting thoughts or anywhere you'd like to direct people? Um, yeah. no, just I, much. Wow.
1: <laughs> much fun. Wow.
0: M- much. Wow. That's about it. All right. Yeah. So before, before I conclude, uh, I got to mention next Sunday. So week and two days, I guess from now is dash fest in New Hampshire. October 17th at Abel of Brewing in Merrimack, uh, 2 p.m. It's going to be a whole bunch of people there. Everyone's going to be spending crypto, some people for the first time, which will be nice. And yeah, it'll be a great old time if you're somewhere in the greater New England area. It's worth your trip out. If you're not in the greater New England area, you just still want to come by and be like, I want to stay and I want to like, tour the actual merchants in new hampshire go ahead and do that because it'll be a good time and bring your camera i mean in fact i just got this thing so i can film myself spending around because people don't believe me that you can actually spend crypto in real life so that's kind of what i do um now is a dash podcast with uh, ernesto Contreras. he's coming on in just a few minutes as soon as we get this switched over so if you're watching on youtube it, a new thing is going to pop up But if you're watching on Odyssey, you can just stay on the same link and just wait until I pop back up. But anyway, thanks everyone for watching. Thanks so much, Eric, for coming on and chatting. And yeah, I'll see you guys either in a couple minutes or next week. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash the desert links. And leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with Shop Bit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.